0: Hey folks, welcome back to A Pebble and A Pond Podcast. This is episode 5. We're going to be talking about something that I am honestly just wholly unqualified to talk about. But, I have done a little bit of reading, and I have uh, I have a letter that I want to share with everybody about the topic, or on topic, and I think that... Um, I think that you can get something out of this. I, I've put together what I think will be a pretty interesting episode. Uh, the topic today is going to be about self-love. I'm not going to lie. When I was a teenager, if somebody would have said self-love, I would have laughed like Beavis and Butthead because it would have meant an entirely different thing back then. But uh, I understand it now to mean something entirely uh, positive and in no way dirty. So we're gonna to try to talk about that version of it and not the one from my from when I was a teenager. But before we get started, let's uh let's define it. What what exactly are we talking about this episode? I mean I said self love, but what does that really mean? Well, you know, like I said, it's an entirely different meaning than it was when I was a teenager. So to to sum it up uh we'll go with the actual definition from the American Psychology Association, Psychological Association, not Psychology Association, Psychological Association. Uh and their their definition of self love is, is um having regard for your own well being and contentment. Looking out for yourself, you know? Not necessarily putting yourself number one as a lot of uh social media therapists would would have you believe um it's not necessarily always about putting yourself number one it is about making yourself a priority in your life but not necessarily to a detriment of those around you and we're going to talk about that we're not just going to i'm not just going to talk about self-love in a completely and totally positive sense we're going to talk about how it's kind of warped a little bit in uh some of the public discourse that you see on a lot of social media and things like that. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the negative, uh, I guess, the negative uh, ideas and concepts that can come with it. And I'm not going to be critical of the concept here, so don't think of that. I just want to make sure that everybody understands that there's, in in any discussion, there's always going to be multiple sides to it. And it's important that you understand as much of it as possible so that you can really get a grasp of it for yourself. And some people are going to say, oh, no, I agree with the negative parts. And some people are going to agree with only the positive parts. But it's important to have all of the information. So I'm going to try my best to kind of, you know, encapsulate what exactly we're talking about when we talk about self-love. We're going to talk about some ways that you can practice self-love on a daily basis. Some things you can do to really uh, put yourself in a better mindset and a better state of being every day of your life. And we're going to talk about some of the pitfalls and some of the traps that come with, uh, some of the prescribed ideas that are out there, uh, floating around in the ether for people to, that people kind of misconstrue. Um, this, this episode on self-love is going to lead directly into, uh, our next episode. Episode six will be about, uh, what I call the main character syndrome. We're just going to call it the main character. Uh, And we're going to talk about that. And the two concepts kind of go hand in hand, so we're going to do them back-to-back and talk about them. Uh, We'll discuss that more later. But uh, for now, let's start with a a quote before we get to the song. And this quote is one that I actually found uh, probably three weeks ago now that I'm thinking about it. And I'm starting with this one because... um, it has kind of just rung in my head over and over again. I've thought about it pretty much nonstop. Um, because I've been on kind of a, a journey of self discovery for the past month, month and a half now. And uh so this quote it I there's there's no attributed person for it. It just says Hindu proverb. So I hope I hope if you're Hindu and you hear this that I'm not offending anybody by i hope that that's true i hope that this isn't actually attributed to anybody and it is a hindu proverb but the quote goes there is nothing noble about being superior to some other man the true nobility is in being superior to your previous self i can't tell you how hard that hits me and how good it makes me feel on the the choices i've been making uh, since I started this podcast and the TikToks and the other stuff that I've been trying to do to get my message out on a personal level, uh, being completely honest here. Um, I feel like I'm making big strides in this, in this area. And like I said, when I first started just a few minutes ago, I'm not really somebody that has ever, um, how should we say, felt comfortable with the idea of self-love, uh, coming from a depressive state, being depressed for, you know, two decades basically I'm not somebody who's practiced with these ideas and I'm not somebody who necessarily even would recognize them if I wasn't reading them and researching them Um, but seeing that quote made me realize that that's exactly the journey that I'm on now it's a journey of trying to better myself so that I can be of more assistance and be stronger and be better for the people in my life and the people that come in contact with me. And I hope, I hope that I genuinely believe that if all of us can adopt that way of thinking, just even the smallest amount of it, and start to make changes in our lives for the better and make ourselves stronger and really focus on building ourselves and the people that we love up, that we can change so much in this world as long as we're all doing it together and on that note let's listen to some music That song I'm really glad that we found it uh, just to continue to uh, give credit where credit's due on that that is a song called Sardana or S- I don't think it's Sardana but that's a Sardana uh, by Kevin MacLeod. Uh that is a non copyright copywritten piece of music so I can use it uh, I just want to make sure that if you're listening uh, that, that dude gets credit because I really really like that song all right so let's get into it. Let's start talking about this whole self-love thing. What, uh, what's it all about? What do you, what does it mean to you? And I know I'm, that's a genuine question. If you're listening to this, I want you to stop and think about it for a second. What does self-love mean to you? What's your answer? Go ahead. Say it out loud. Affirm it. I want to know what you really think, because it's important that you understand what you believe it to be, Because it doesn't really matter what I say here or what anybody else tells you. If you have a, shall we say, a negative uh, inclination towards the concept of self-love, the way that I have in the past, um, then you know that you need to do work, right? That's what what you're listening to this for. That's what we're going to try to figure out. You need to really pay attention when we start going through some of the things that you can do and the affirmations that you can make and the, just the little things that you can do to really make a difference in your life. But if your answer is one that it comes from a place of, you know, maybe you already have an, a a concept or an idea of the things that you can do to better your comfort and your contentment in your own skin and to make yourself happy, then keep doing those things, right? Like no matter what I say here, no matter what arguments I have for and against different practices continue to do the things that make you happy. Don't think that I necessarily know a better way or that anybody knows a better way because that's the whole point of this self self self-love. If you know what makes you happy and what brings you to a, a better place than you were even a day before or something that you are actively working on as part of your journey to become a better person, you know, you know, the steps you need to take, then keep working on it. Like don't, you don't have to derail yourself because I say something or a therapist that you see on TikTok says something, do what is working for you. I hope that the, at any point in time, anybody that hears these podcasts, anybody that hears what I have to say understands that these are all just ideas and suggestions. I'm not anything special. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I'm just here to start the conversation. A conversation that I'm having with myself all the time, but also a conversation that I'm hoping other people can join in on and we can really start to make some progress uh, both in ourselves and with each other. But I really wanted to start, before we get too deep into reading uh, the story that, that was, that was sent to me or any of the other stuff. I wanted to really hit on some of the negative, um, attributions that the term self-love has acquired. And a lot of this is just people that don't really understand the concept. Um, but some of it, there is val- validity to some of it. And I think that it's important that we understand that there, there has been a movement, maybe even you could consider it an overcorrection uh, by some people, uh, to really push, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to use this term, but I, I, there's no other way I can think of it to push damaging ideas and, uh, narratives and use the term self-love at the same time. And so it kind of creates this false premise of what self-love really means and what it really is. And, uh, I, I want to make sure that, that we talk about that. Now keep in mind, we're 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 working off of the the definition from the American Psychological Association, right? Like that's that's our baseline. Just having regard for your own well-being and contentment. It's really that simple. Not nowhere in that definition does it say putting yourself number one over all else. Nowhere does that do, in that does it say. Uh, you are the main character of your own story, and all others shall fall to the wayside as nPCs in in your game right like that that's not that's not the the argument that should be made in favor of self love and that's those are those are not concepts that work very well with it. When we talk about self love we're talking about making yourself content, but also in that contentment, understanding that, you know, there's always room for improvement. We're trying to become better people. We're trying to become better versions of ourselves. Like that quote said, we're trying to be superior to our previous self. Now that previous self could be yourself from yesterday. It could be yourself from a week ago. It could be yourself from five years ago. But if you were... If you're in the same place you were five years ago, trust me, I know this better than most, then you are not really practicing self-love. We really want to try to understand that it's not, you know, of course, contentment and, and, you know, happiness and things like that are important, but sometimes self-love means pushing yourself to do the things that are uncomfortable for a short period of time to find long-term, uh, joy and and comfort sometimes you have to step outside of your self-created bubbles uh to really broaden your horizons and really start to understand exactly where your happiness lies because sometimes and i think this is a lot more common than people really wanna uh say out loud sometimes we don't know most times we don't know There are plenty of people that go through this world, they're born, they live, and they die, and they never once truly understand what it means to be happy or content. They'll have those brief moments here and there, they'll have, you know, they'll smile and they'll laugh and they'll enjoy their kids and their family, but they won't ever truly reach that kind of happiness that inspires others. And that's really what we're, what we're aiming for here. That's what I want to aim for. I want to be, and I want to live a life that inspires others. And I don't just want it to be me saying stuff, right? Like I want it to be one where I am truly genuinely, uh, enjoying life and living to its fullest. With that in mind, um, you know, I, I've touched on this before, actually in the introduction episode, if you haven't heard it, uh, I, I've touched on this before. One of the most influential pieces of literature in my life was Walden by Henry David Thoreau. I have read it front to back probably 18, 20 times. Um, I quote it incessantly. Uh, I believe very, very strongly in some of the ideas in it. Um, and between Emerson and Thoreau, uh, a lot of my worldview comes from those two gentlemen, for better and for worse, honestly, uh, because they definitely weren't flawless in some of their ideas. But Thoreau has, among his very famous quotes, the most famous is probably his "I went to the woods" quote, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it for you here. I know it by heart. But I'm going to pull it up here so that I make sure I don't miss anything because, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to have to redo this. So uh, Henry David Thoreau wrote, I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life living is so dear nor did i wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary i wanted to live deep and suck out the marrow of life to live so sturdily and spartan-like as to put to rout all that that was not life to cut a broad swath and shave close to drive life into a corner And reduce it to its lowest terms for me that paragraph quote uh, is the basis of my self-love when I think about that and I think about what I've done in my life and where I've my regrets come from that's where I find my strength to move forward and try to learn how to love myself in a better way and be more positive, uh, towards myself to be more forgiving towards myself because, and this is speaking strictly as a man. Um, the one thing I definitely do not want to do is go to the grave knowing that I haven't mattered and I haven't made a difference. I do, that's terrifying to me. That is my greatest fear. I'm not I mean I, I don't like spiders. Uh I'm I hate water. I I'm, I'm not you know I'm not somebody you're going to find out at the beach or the ocean. But even though all of those things are things that I can deal with because while they're, you know, they are fears, they're not something that literally terrifies me to the point of inaction. But the idea it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy when you think about it. The idea of dying, of, of of making my way to the grave, and having not lived my life, literally terrified me to the point where I stopped living my life. Now think about that. That is quite literally the definition of regret. Being so scared of of living a life of no consequence that you begin living a life of no consequence because of your fear. Um, but I'm not doing that anymore, and that's really what I'm talking about when I talk about my particular journey of self-love. You know, I had to I had to find my way through 20 years of darkness to come to break through it and come out to where I am right now, which is sitting in front of a microphone telling complete strangers about my darkest fears. And my desire to be a better person. This is like the weirdest form of therapy on the face of the planet. But we're doing it. And we're going to keep doing it. Because I know that there's people out there that are going to hear this. And they're going to identify with it. And maybe it'll help. Maybe. Maybe it'll help. And so all I can do is keep talking. And keep trying to talk about these things and that's my self-love journey that's that's the whole point of all of this that I just said is is that we all have to go through our own things mine is gonna be talking to you guys and trying to give voice to maybe some people that don't necessarily feel recognized or don't you know buy into some of the preconceived ideas that are floating around out there in the world Um That have kind of grabbed on to uh social media and things like that i'm just trying to find a little a little niche corner for people like myself to um feel recognized and uh seen so with that in mind let's uh let's get to this letter i think that this is uh this is a really good uh step to or or not good step a good uh well i mean (laughs) you're just gonna have to hear the letter it's honestly it brought tears to my eyes and uh i was i was deeply deeply moved by it uh you can tell that the person that wrote it wrote it for me to read it here they were very uh aware of the fact that i would be reading it and uh i i'm gonna change the names on it i'm assuming they already did but i'm gonna change them again uh just to uh make sure that you know there's no hurt feelings if somebody happens upon it but um yeah let's uh let's get to it i'm gonna start reading this uh this letter was titled being kind to yourself or how i learned to stop worrying and love myself i grew up not knowing who i was and not knowing how to love myself my sister was a year ahead of me in school and a much better student in my 30s I would learn that I had ADHD, and that's why I had a hard time paying attention in class. It explained a lot, but it didn't change the fact that at the beginning of every school year, my teachers would excitedly say, Oh, I remember your sister. Sometimes they would just call me Maggie's sister instead of my actual name. When report cards came out, my parents would say, But your sister made honor roll when I only had average grades. On the other hand, my brother barely scraped by. He was held back in third grade and barely graduated high school. When I would bring up something he did, they would cut me off and tell me not to con- not to compare myself to him. At least he was five years older, so I didn't often have the issue of having any of his old teachers, though it might have been easier. It's not. <clears throat> it's not hard to look like the good student when compared to him. My brother picked on my sister, who in turn picked on me, and then he would pick on her for picking on me. I'm sure that's common of many sibling relationships, but trust me when I say there was an extra layer of issues with us. Regardless, my sister and I did usually get along. We had to. We were allies against my brother when it got bad, which was often. When I was in second grade, I had a crush on Tyler Johnson. The cutest boy in my class, and I made the mistake of mentioning it at di- mentioning it at dinner one evening. My brother and sister both made fun of me for it, and my mom didn't think to tell them to knock it off. That was the day I realized that we were definitely not a TV family. That was also the day I learned to keep things to myself. I know we're not supposed to call girls bossy anymore, but growing up, my up my sister was bossy. Think Lucy from the Peanuts comics. We did get along, though, usually, but she was in charge, and that was that. She was also very opinionated, and would make fun of most things I liked until I just kind of stopped having a lot of my own opinions. I was the chubby kid, which was especially difficult in the 80s and 90s. I was the only one of my siblings with a weight problem. My brother was tall and thin. And my sister was average another thing she was better at my mom always bought junk food when we went shopping little debbie's snack cake rolls were my favorite i liked to unroll them and eat the cream first and then the cake every once in a while i get nostalgic and consider buying a box when i'm doing my own shopping but i won't because they bring me back to a time when i was so incredibly sad way deep under the surface where no one could see on multiple occasions back then, my parents would gently, not really, suggest I start watching what I eat, but those Swiss cake rolls were always in the pantry come grocery day. In case you've never been a fat kid, you might not understand the shame that this creates. It introduces you to the idea of hiding food, and not too far beyond that is disordered eating. But most of all, it's the self-loathing that takes over, and who, oh boy, did I learn to hate myself. I spent my adolescence trying so hard to not be noticed, but at the same time was desperate to be accepted. I yearned for normalcy. Making friends wasn't a huge issue for me, though. I've always had a few friends in each class. Aside from a few shitty comments here and there, my time in school wasn't too bad until I developed a very embarrassing medical situation in ninth grade. It's still hard for me to talk about 30 years later, so I won't get into it here. Suffice it to say... As embarrassing as it was, and as much as I needed medical intervention, I had always learned that we just don't talk about certain things. I suffered alone, until it was clear that it couldn't be ignored any longer. I eventually went to the doctor, and was treated, but it happened with very little discussion with my mom, and zero with my dad, which was fine with me. As a parent now, I could never. But I guess I have the tools now that my parents, especially my mom didn't. My senior year was the first and only year I went to school without either of my siblings. This is the year I started to try, I started trying to figure myself out. I don't think most of us know who we are at that age, but for me, I felt like I was starting from scratch. With very little exception, all of my opinions were my sister's. I dressed how she dressed, I thought how she thought, and I did what she did. But now, it was time to break free. On the outside, I was different, and I liked it that way, but on the inside, I so desperately wanted to be like everyone else. Things seemed so easy for so many people, but I couldn't figure it out, and unbeknownst to myself, or anyone else for that matter, I was so incredibly sad. I went into my senior year with my sister's opinions on drugs and alcohol. She was opposed. And I ended my senior year a smoker and a drinker. My friends had all talked about the parties they had over the weekends and how much they drank, and I was not about that life. I mean, that's what I would say, but again, I just wanted to be accepted. And sure, they did accept me as their friend in class, but once I started drinking, I started getting invited to the parties. It was at one of these parties that I decided to take up smoking. I had always been curious, but of course, I knew better. But it was also the mid-90s. And that's what people did. I was holding my friend's cigarette for some reason, and when I tried to give it back, she said she didn't want it anymore. So I said I'd finish it. And that was my first, but not my last. Fortunately, somehow, I never became addicted. I was also hanging out with co-workers from my fast food job, who I should not have been hanging out with. These weren't good people, but I was very naive, and I thought I was okay. Without getting too deep into it, There were multiple situations which could have ended up badly, but fortunately did not. Not as bad as they could have, I should say. But things did happen that I wish didn't. And to give you an idea of my mental state around that time, the moment that sticks with me the most is this. There was a band signing autographs at a local record shop. The local radio station was there giving away t-shirts, and there was an entry to win an autographed guitar. There couldn't have been more than 25 people there, if that, and you had to be present to win. So I had just as good a shot as anyone else to win that guitar, only I didn't enter. If they called my name, I would have had to walk up to claim my prize, and everyone would have looked at me. Not only did I not want people looking at me, I was so uncomfortable in my own skin that I wanted people to look away from me. No one in our group won the guitar. Walking out to the car... I reluctantly mentioned that I didn't enter, and they just couldn't wrap their heads around why not. Okay, that was probably a lot, but I tell you all of this because I want you to know where I came from, so you can understand just how fragile my mental state was for so long. Anyone can spout platitudes, but I have been in the depths of some serious depression, and I'm coming to you from the other side of it. But how did I get here? It started with a friend who gave a shit. I mean, I guess it's fair to say that I had a few people who gave a shit, but not like him. He was the only one who really knew how to get through to me and how to get me to see my value. I had so much pain and sadness in me, and he was there with shoulders to cry on and hugs for days. Hugs that I had to learn how to receive. He gave a shit and never expected anything in return. I couldn't pay him back if i tried his pebble created so many ripples in my life i am forever grateful i genuinely do not know what kind of person i would be right now if i did not have him in my life because of his friendship and love i was able to learn to love myself and more importantly break the cycle for my own child at 22 years old my kid and i never part without saying i love you never on the phone in person even if she's just going to get the mail it's a habit if the worst were to happen the last thing i want either of us to feel is regret that we didn't say that we didn't say it one last time society and advertising and patriarchy make it really hard to raise a daughter with confidence i know i've had some misses but she knows who she is she has the confidence to assert herself And a huge amount of empathy she's been in a very healthy relationship for about five years now they've had some issues like every other couple but their communication is amazing especially for their age which is something that she had to teach him my daughter and her boyfriend have a very healthy relationship because i had a friend who gave enough of a shit about me to watch me cry a lot and to tell me i'm worthy until i started to believe in for myself now, I believe in giving credit where credit is due. As much as I credit him for helping me see my worth, you damn sure better believe that I credit myself for making that change. You can lead a horse to water and all that. He gave me the tools, and he showed me how to use them, and I did just that. There's also, there also came a point when I realized that I needed more, and I started seeing a therapist, who really helped me put things into perspective but I couldn't have had the confidence to advocate for myself like that without his help initially. And after some time in therapy and really working on myself, when shit would go south that was beyond my control, I realized I could also benefit from antidepressants. After some trial and error, I found what works best for me. If you're hesitant to try medication, I totally get it. I do. But I can honestly tell you, all, of this, all this pill does for me is keep me at an even keel. It keeps me from crying because we ran out of turkey for my sandwich. That is a real story, by the way. It helps me handle the, re- the shit that life throws at me daily. I had developed confidence and learned how to break the cycle, but I didn't really know yet how to truly show myself kindness and grace. It's a fairly recent discovery, actually, which started with my relationship with food and my body. Like so many of us, I've been on one diet or another for most of my adult life. I'm really good at losing weight. The problem is, I'm also really good at finding it again. So I'm the St. Anthony of dieting. You know how we tend to make excuses for certain things, like, Yeah, I've lost 10 pounds. I still have more to go, though. Or simply, I've only lost 10 pounds. I heard someone once say, What if we just stopped the sentence after, I lost 10 pounds. Just stop talking and let it sink in. Drop the only, but say the rest. I think we are unconsciously looking for other people's approval. But why? Fucking good for you for losing 10 pounds. I bet you worked your ass off. Well done. Say the good thing and drop the bad. It gets easier every time. You never need permission to love yourself or to just be happy with your accomplishments and fuck anyone who makes you feel otherwise. Like anything else, it takes practice and grace. Grace is key, because you're not perfect. You're probably not the type to give someone shit when they make a mistake. You would probably never consider telling someone that their 10 pound weight loss is not enough. If you're paying attention to my rambling, you might be the type of person who genuinely tries to lift people up and make them feel good. So how are you not deserving of the same grace and love? I promise you, you are so worth it. I know I am. I know a lot of us, also have pasts that we're not proud of, things we've done or people we've wronged. I don't think I'm the best person to discuss making amends, but I can tell you that you are not your past. You can't change what you did, but you can take steps to be better. We are made up by our past experiences, but they do not define who we are today. I promise you that if you just focus on doing the next right thing, you'll get there. Don't try to change overnight. Give yourself some grace. What if, just once today, instead of saying the negative as well, you only say the positive? Just once. No affirmations, no mantras, just no negativity. And if that feels good, try it again. Do the next right thing. I also try not to worry about what people think of me, which I know is much easier said than done. Ultimately, though, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay, I will never wish anyone ill will, and the last thing I ever want to do is be disrespectful. But I don't have to be friends with everyone, and neither do you. I think about young me a lot, and so much of what I do is for her. Someone asked me recently what I would say to my young self if I could. I wouldn't say anything. I would just give her a hug, because she really needed one. I live my life now just trying to be the adult that she needed. She didn't deserve the pain she felt, and neither do you. I wish I could do the work for you, but I can't. This one's on you, I'm afraid. But I promise you, you can do this. Little by little, you will get there. I want so much for you to feel the peace that I feel. You deserve peace. Just like the tiny ripples make big change, so do tiny steps. Just take one step now. I'm here with you to make sure you don't fall. You are worth it. I promise. I'm not even going to try to lie. I, uh, I had to stop reading that multiple times. Uh, when I first got it, I cried. I cried a lot reading it. And then, uh, just now trying to record it. Uh, I'm sure you guys heard me kind of breaking up and, and stammering with it a little bit. Um, I hope whoever wrote it is going to hear this and I hope that, um, I hope that I did some justice in reading it. Um, it is, that's powerful shit and, um, that is a journey. Uh, I, I I can't, I can't thank you enough for sending that. And, uh, while I have you listening, not just you, but, uh, anybody listening, uh, I, I would love to be able to read more. Um, I would love to be able to tell more stories. They don't have to be large, you know, 20-minute stories like that. But if you have any stories of uh, kindness or life-changing events like that, uh, you know, or you just want to tell your backstory, if you just want me to read your backstory and, you know, your your story about how you've come to be who you are, um, I'll change names and I'll, I'll do all the the hiding of identities and things like that. Uh, you can email me. Uh, we have a we set up an email just for that. Uh, it's a pebble in a pond. Um, let me make sure I, I have that right. A pebble in a pond stories at gmail.com. Uh, we haven't set up an email for just you know like stories at a pebble in a pond yet. We will we'll get to that at some point, but for now it's a pebble in a pond stories at gmail.com. So if you're hearing this and you have a story that you'd like to add or something you'd like to contribute, uh, to another episode, I may not, you know, get it in the next episode, but, um, well, we will, we will find an episode and I will make sure that your stories get read and, uh, that you are part of this journey. So we're going to, we're going to dive right into the next phase here. And we're going to talk about some things that you can do, some exercises that, uh, should be pretty easy. Just stuff you can do every day that are going to help you, um, realize your own value and really, you know, understand, uh, how to find your peace and your contentment and your happiness. One thing to keep in mind when you start to go through these things and you start to do this is, um, and this is a really simple concept uh I maybe I should have started with this the whole podcast uh you're you're with you all the time, so you better like yourself uh it's really important it is really really important to love yourself and obviously be understanding of your shortcomings as well. understand that you know like in that letter uh that person was you know she was she was a heavy-set young girl and she understood that was you know that was a defining characteristic in her life and she has grown to the point where she understands that that is, that does not define who she is it defined her past it created sadness and you know uh insecurities but it didn't it didn't, it doesn't define her now. And all she could do was learn to grow from that. And she did. And that's a triumph, right? Like that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find where our insecurities lie, find the things that we, uh, maybe aren't too proud of find the things that, uh, we know we need to work on and don't focus on them. Don't, don't berate yourself and belittle yourself because, you know whatever it may be whether it's a personality flaw or a physical thing whatever it may be it doesn't really matter you just need to know that it's there know what your shortcomings are and then say i love myself enough that i'm going to work on this i i want to change i don't maybe maybe you have to start with i don't know how to maybe you have to make sure that that's understood but that's what we're here for right like that's the whole point of listening to these things of of trying to find Uh, a new direction if you're listening to this right now and you understand that there's changes that you need to make you've taken a great first step because you're looking right you're searching for those answers and that's more than uh, most people do in their lives you should be very proud of yourself if you're looking to make changes it is not easy it is not easy to just take that very, very first step. That is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. So we're talking about building confidence and self-respect, and self-worth, and just using the idea of self-love to really, uh, you know, strengthen the love that you have for yourself. And in doing all of this, in understanding these concepts inside of yourself you will find that you have more love for the people around you. You'll be able to better communicate and better appreciate the things around you that you see. You'll know when someone is crossing a boundary for you. You'll understand your values better and be able to protect yourself in a way that, you know, shows, shows how much you value yourself. You know, you're not going to let people walk all over you and treat you like dirt if you know your own value. So how do you, how do you do that? Like, what's the first step? Well, uh, you know, I, like I said, I may not be the best person to give this advice, but, um, I did, I did a decent amount of research. Uh, you know, I've spent more than a few hours, more than a few hours, uh, just reading different ideas and different concepts, because I, like I said, I'm on the journey myself. It is not something that I have been practiced at for too long. Um, so what I've done and what a lot of, uh, therapists and such would recommend is start with really simple stuff. And for me, uh, I have taken to just doing a little bit more exercise. Um, understand that, um how you eat, uh the amount of sleep that you get, uh the the amount of activity that you have in your life physically. Those are all things that are for most people relatively simple. Um and I don't mean like, you know, you don't have to go to the gym and and, you know, get get swole. You don't have to go worry about your gains necessarily. But you you know, getting up and going for a walk will dramatically dramatically change your life just just getting up and going for a walk in the morning or maybe in the evening after you have dinner uh, those those things or both if you can do both man uh, your life will change rapidly Um, understand that regular exercise this is scientifically speaking it decreases cortisol in your body cortisol is is the hormone that creates or that causes stress it causes you to feel stress if you can reduce the amount of cortisol in your body then you are by definition winning so just keep that in mind like just keeping yourself your body uh, you don't have to be like fit I'm not I'm not gonna force everybody to get out there like I said and get to the gym and all that stuff I mean that would be great if you want to do that if that's what that's where you find your peace if that's if that's one of the things that makes you happy then that's great this advice is you know preaching to the choir but for a lot of us that just live normal lives that don't necessarily want to go to the gym every day, just getting out and going for a walk, man, that, that does so much. It's done a lot for me. Um, you know, I was I was um two hundred and thirty six pounds. The heaviest I've ever been was uh two hundred and sixty eight pounds. And I'm I'm just under six foot, so that is really really big. Um and I was able to, you know, through different means, I was able to get down to where my average weight for a long period of time was about 230. Um but when all of the things that happened that basically brought about this podcast when I started to go through this extreme depression and things like that, I actually did lose a lot of weight just because of anxiety and depression. Um, which isn 't great i mean I'm not, I'm not that's not not the diet that you want to be on, but it allowed me to kind of uh regain control of my relationship with food and the exercise that I was doing and things like that and so so far i 've been able to maintain a weight that honestly i haven't had since just out of high school, so i 'm feeling good and uh seeing the results of you know, just that those very basic concepts of taking care of myself and showing self-love, I'm immediately seeing returns on them. So I can't, I can't stress enough how important this very first, uh, piece of advice is. If you can, if you have the ability, if you just take the time to a, a 10 minute walk in the morning, if, if you're a morning person and you want to get up and get moving 10 minute walk in the morning, change your life. I promise you. And if you can't get out in the morning, then do it, you know, after you eat, it's, it's, it's really good for you to eat, to go and walk after you eat. Very, very good for you. So, uh, it, not only that, but if you go for a walk with someone, a significant other, some friends, it's like, it has the same effect as going on a road trip. Everybody loves going on road trips because of the conversations that you end up having with your friends or whoever you're with. It's the same, same thing. You go for regular walks with somebody and that brings about this closeness that is, I mean, it transcends, uh, just a normal, you know, relationship conversation a lot of times and that shared time, knowing that you're both bettering yourselves and each other, uh, is invaluable. It really is. So the next, the next thing that I want to mention, and I, I already did mention it uh, just a few minutes ago is being compassionate about your own shortcomings. Um, this is, this is an actual step that you can take. You can do this consciously. This isn't just me saying, Oh, be nice to yourself. This is literally something that you can, you can actually practice. Um, you really want to try to, like I said, understand your shortcomings, but also understand that Everybody has them, right? Like everybody has things they're not good at, or different things that, you know, maybe the way they think, or the, 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 there's something wrong with their body that they don't like. Um, but at the end of the day, it's how we view those things inside of ourselves that will determine whether or not we can move beyond them or we can, we can learn to accept them. So it's important when you, you know, make mistakes or, um, have shortcomings in some way that you understand that these are, these, this is a common human condition, right? Like everybody, this happens for everybody. Everybody's going through something. Everybody's making mistakes. Everybody's trying to figure it out. And as long as you can root yourself in that common humanity, you'll find that it's a lot easier to not only express kindness to others, but to express kindness for yourself, right? You're only human you can only do you only be expected to do so much and at some level once you've once you've accepted that then you can start to say okay well i fell short here i i wasn't i wasn't up to where i'd like to be how do i how do i get there and like that letter said like it's one step at a time you're not going to be able to go from zero to perfect right you're not gonna be able to go from five to perfect You're going to have to get there gradually and it's, it's just being patient and understanding with yourself, the same kind of patience and understanding that you would show someone else if you were trying to help them show that to yourself. That's really what this is all about. If you're listening to this episode, you're listening to this podcast, then I have to imagine that you're somebody of good character or you're trying to be. And that means, you know, helping people, taking them by the hand, really being compassionate. So, if you can do that for someone else, you have to be able to do it for yourself. Because, unfortunately, the way this works is, if you continue, if you just continually give, give, give of yourself to other people, and you don't take care of you, you're going to be trying to pour water from an empty cup. You're going to run out. You're not going to be able to keep it up. And... Then you're going to start to doubt yourself and it becomes this vicious cycle of, you know, you hurting yourself, literally hurting yourself to try to help others. And we can't have that. You have to be building yourself up and loving yourself and reinforcing uh, the, the positive parts of yourself so that you can feed off of that. And then you can start to help others. You have to not make yourself a priority to the, at the expense of others, you you make yourself a priority to, for the sole purpose of being able to help others, right? Like that's where we're at. That's what we're trying to do. So remember that if you, if you have a hard time motivating yourself for you, if, if that's not enough, if you don't have enough love for yourself, then reframe it. And, and, and try to understand that, like I said, this is a shared human experience and you're trying to help people through their problems, but you cannot do it unless you help yourself. So if you really do have that, and I've, I've, this is how I feel a lot of times. If you kind of have that altruism in you where you're, you really genuinely feel like you can't help yourself, but you can help others. Turn that around and say, okay, I desperately want to help others how do i do that i have to help myself i have to do this for others i have to make sure that i'm getting an extra hour of sleep that i'm getting up and going for a walk that i'm taking care of myself that i'm not too judgmental that i'm not hating on myself when i wouldn't do that to somebody else why would i do that to me you hear that all the time right? People say it all the time. Oh, I'm my own worst critic. Well, stop it. I I know that's your natural reaction. That's a natural response, but you need to stop. Like, take a second and say, don't, don't allow that. Say, yeah, I can be critical of myself, but not to the point where it causes me to doubt myself or hate myself or any of those things. I can be critical and say, like I said that was a shortcoming. I didn't I did I wasn't up to snuff there. I need to get better. But if it if it creates a cycle of self-destruction, then you have to break it up. You have to find that that path and if that means directing it, you know, siphoning the 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 sentiment through someone else, then that's what it means. Help others by helping yourself. And, and remember that the, uh, another key component of this is when you do mess up and you are going to mess up, you're going to say things that are h- going to hurt people's feelings. You're going to fall short of the things that you have, the boundaries that you've set for yourself. You're going to make mistakes uh, in, in, in dealing with yourself and other people that are going to cause pain. And you have to be willing to forgive yourself. You have to be willing to forgive yourself. Let me say it one more time. You have to be willing to forgive yourself. This goes for everybody. And I know there's people that are going to listen to this that desperately need that message. I know there are because I know the people that I know most of the people uh, that are regularly listening to this. And that's not to say that only my friends listen to the podcast, but I know that some of them do. And this message is directly for you if you're listening. You need to forgive yourself. That's that's step one for you. You have to forgive yourself so that you can begin to love yourself. You are not this horrible person that you've allowed others to create in your head. You are very, very good and very strong. And you need to forgive you know the shortcomings you've had in the past you need to move past it that goes for everybody i know that what i just said can ring true for so many people so if it hits you let it hit you because it's important that you forgive yourself step one for a lot of people in a journey of self-love is forgiving themselves another Another thing that I want to talk about, as we start to wrap this up, is the people that you surround yourself with. And uh, I've touched on this in in some of my TikToks I've done, and I've touched on this in some of the other episodes. But the people that you surround yourself w- with says a lot about you and about how you are valuing uh, this journey of self-love. And I can't stress this enough you need to be, surround yourself with supportive loving people but and i want to make sure this is very clear don't surround yourself with people that are going to lie to you to tell you what you want to hear you, there is a way to communicate uh i don't even want to say criticisms but there's a way to communicate with someone that they have fallen short or that they are they could do better um And that's, that's what you need, right? You need somebody in your life that's willing to let you know when you're, when you're not making, making the cut, right? Like it's, it it may be hard to hear, but sometimes we get so lost in ourselves. We get so caught up in, you know, the little things that we don't really see the big picture. We don't really understand, you know, the whole forest for the trees thing. Sometimes you need that person in your life that's going to say, hey, hey, whoa, like, to think about that for a second, right? You don't need people that are just going to constantly reinforce what you, what you are. D- does that make sense? There are a lot of us that have a lot of shortcomings and a lot of uh, imperfections. And if we're constantly told that we're perfect the way that we are, then we begin to accept those things as inevit- inevitabilities we we begin to say well this is who i am and that means that we stop doing the work to be better and that is that is unacceptable for the journey that you're trying that you say you're trying to be on right like your self love is about finding contentment and if you have people around you that are quote supportive to a detriment that are filling you with false uh, confidence in what you're doing, then you're not really, you're not really getting to a point of contentment. You're, you're just staying where you are. You're not really expanding yourself or getting better. You're just staying whatever it was you are because these people will lie to you to tell you that you're, you know the best thing since sliced bread. And you're not right. You have to be honest with yourself and you have to be willing to say, you know, I, I really wish you wouldn't lie to me. I really wish you wouldn't say these things because I don't feel that way. And I want to be able to work on myself. I want, and I want you to support me as I work on myself. And that's what we need, right? We need honesty and we need, we need, uh, criticism to come from a place of love so that we can continue to move forward and get better and if you surround yourself with people that just want to lie to you to make you feel good that's not really supportive and that's not really loving people that love you and people that care about you will tell you the truth and they will hold your hand and they will be by your side and they will help you every step of the way if you need it or if you want it They will be there with you and you will know you can count on them because they're not going to lie to you and they're not going to say things just to spare your feelings. They're going to say, this may hurt your feelings. You, you sucked here. Let's not do that anymore. Let's try to find a way so that you don't suck as much. That's what love and support means to me. And I, and I hope that if you're listening to this, that you feel the same thing because if you surround yourself sycophants and liars then that's all you will ever be you will become that and that's all you will ever be you'll continually lie to yourself you will continually look towards platitudes instead of real genuine personal change you'll hide from the truth of it just to feel good in the moment instead of making the hard moves that you need to make for truly expressing self-love and that's counterproductive to everything we're trying to do in this podcast and just in general in our lives so i hope i hope that some of those little things will help some of you um the exercise the idea that you need to forgive yourself and you need to love yourself those are very basic ideas so i'm going to leave Well, I'm going to suggest one more thing and then we'll, we'll finish finish this up because I've run way over where I wanted to, but I think that this is important and this is going to require some homework, but I think that this is a really good, um, practice. I think this is something, and it it may take you a while to do this, but I think that'll it give you a really good understanding of who you are. So get, get yourself a piece of paper or you can use your computer or your phone if you want to but it's better it's better to sit and write it i think um, i want you to sit down you know clear your mind take some deep breaths try to try to find a quiet moment if you can do it and then i want you to list on this piece of paper eight things that you love about yourself now these these could be physical attributes if you if there's something that you feel strongly about but for the most part try to try to focus on you know what, who you are um If you're somebody who's, you know, really charismatic, write down charisma. If you're somebody who, you know, you feel like you're very empathetic, then write down empathy, right? You know, whatever it may be, I want you to write down eight things about yourself that you you genuinely love. And if it takes you a while, if if it's something that, you know, you have to really, really focus on for a while, if it takes you a couple of days to find eight things, that's fine. Like, that's no judgment here. Like, just, that's fine. Take your time with it. But things that you genuinely like about yourself, write down those eight things. And then the next step is under each of those eight things, like leave a little space between them, but uh, under each of those eight things, write something about how that trait has benefited you, how it has made a difference in your life whether it be a a full story or a moment whatever whatever it needs to be if you are somebody who is very empathetic then you know say well my empathy i was able to help so and so with you know because i knew that they were feeling pain and i you know just something like that it doesn't have to i'm not going to read it nobody else is going to read it it's just for you so don't worry about you know anybody else anybody else's judgment on it just write down what those particular traits and do it for each one of them. Like I said, this could take you a while. So take your time with it and really think about it. If, if you, if you say that courage is one of your traits, well, where did that courage come in handy? You know, give me an example of that. Were you a, uh, were you in the military? Did you know, things like that Was there, are you, you know, a, a, a firefighter? Like <laughs> the courage are, is something there, but it could be a simple matter of, you know, finding courage in, you know, going up and writing something on a chalkboard or you know whatever it may be like the courage to express yourself however it works uh in your mind whatever those traits are find real life examples of them helping you and then the last thing i want you to do now that you've got your list of eight qualities and things that they've done to help you in your life is just at the bottom of the page I want you to come up with, it doesn't have to be any certain number. You don't have to do it for each trait, but I want you to come up with ways that you can really show appreciation to yourself, really honor these traits inside of yourself. You know, if you are somebody, we'll keep using the, uh, empathy thing. If you're somebody who is really, uh, empathetic, then, you know, maybe, I don't know, give yourself, a treat of some sort, you know, go get, go to a spa, go do something and just say, this is for being this. If, if, if you feel like going, you know, going for a walk in a garden or doing, doing something special for yourself to honor those traits, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can just be, you know, simple as I'm going to take three minutes every day to focus on, This trait and, and, and remind myself that this is a strength of mine. This is something that I can do and I'm going to try to focus on it. I'm going to try to honor this trait inside of myself. I promise you that if you can sit down and you can do this, there are two things are going to happen. First of all, you're probably going to cry because I mean, it's just, that's just how this works. Like that kind of self reflection and that kind of introspection is going to lead you to tears and that's a good thing. So let that let that shit out. Like don't hold it back. And it's going to give you a real a real uh appreciation for yourself in a way that maybe you have never really thought about. And I'm not going to lie to you. Uh I I've done the exercise for myself and th- that maybe in another episode I will actually go through it with you because I don't really have anything to hide. But um I've run out of time on this episode, obviously, but, um, I think that, I think that it's good to share these things. Um, and, and once you're done, once you've finished this exercise, a good way of, uh, understanding, you know, somebody that you're, you're, you're with in your life is to have them do the exercise as well. Don't, don't keep this to yourself. Like if you can have other people do it and if you're not ashamed of what you think, which you shouldn't be because these are things that you love about yourself, share it. Like obviously you don't want to deal with people's judgment about your handwriting or your the way that you wrote the things, well, you know, whatever. But as long as you, there's somebody that's safe and isn't going to judge you, share this. Share this with people. You know, hand them your sheet and they can hand you their sheet and you can read it. Or even better, you can before you trade off, they can write eight things they love about you and you can write eight things you love about them. This is an exercise that is is great on your own, because it really does build up some true self-appreciation and self-love. But that doesn't mean you have to just keep it to yourself. This is something you can do with somebody else. It's almost like a game. It's like a Buzzfeed game, uh, one of you know one of those stupid quizzes they used to do, or maybe they still do them. I don't know. But it's like that where you know you you once you start to see these these aspects of each other, you really start to appreciate. You know, this is how this person sees themselves. And if maybe there's there's qualities on there that you haven't really noticed. And if this is something you do with your significant other, I mean, that gives you a really strong idea of not just how they think about themselves, but how you can focus on these attributes that they love about themselves. And you can say, Okay, well if you love the fact that you're empathetic, then let's, let's flex that muscle. Let's, let's go places where you can, you know, really do that. And you'll find that the support and the love that you can draw out with each other. I mean, it's a life-changing experience if you do it, uh, with honesty and compassion and love. And that includes for yourself and for the people that you do it with. So, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Obviously, I'm not going to wrap it up without a quote because that's what I do. So we're going to go right to the source here. We're going to go to one of my favorite all-time quotes, and I'm going to leave you with this. We're going to end with this hard-hitting quote from Winnie the Pooh. He said, The things that make me different are the things that make me me. So remember that. You're not like anyone else in this universe. You're the only one of you that exists. And you're the only one that truly knows how you need to be loved. So please, do it. Take the time to learn enough about yourself and to appreciate who and what you are. Because you are powerful. And the effect that you can have on the people around you and this world at large is... Phenomenal. Love yourself. It is the first love that you should ever have and the most important love that you will ever know. Next week, we're going to piggyback off of this and we're going to talk about this concept that has been going around for quite some time now of the main character. And we're going to talk about the Good things and the bad things that go along with this way of thinking, and some of you may be familiar with this. It's it's gone gone around quite a bit, but we're going to talk about it. And uh, I am I am very much on the fence, so there will be a lot of positive and a lot of negative when we discuss it. Um, but I think I think I have a pretty interesting take on it. Uh, I've had a long a couple of long discussions with some people, and uh, I really do think that uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, So check us out next week where we're going to be talking about the main character, syndrome, philosophy, idea. I didn't know what to call it. The main character is what we're going to call it. So thank you for listening and hopefully we'll talk to you next week. Take care.